Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. Welcome to the Toxin Tasting Studios. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Brick. Vickers here. I'm Peter. And we have a special guest. I am the pastor's daughter, Grace Bullhagen. Hello. <laughs> All right. It's good to have you here. You are the inspiration of our last show, Grace. Uh, yeah, I found that out earlier today. Yep. If you listen to the last episode, uh, I talked about how someone in special in my life told me I needed to to consider self-care. I didn't think that you weren't <laughs> considering self-care. It was just I wanted to talk. Like, I just was making sure that all the bases were covered. I was going back to college. Okay. And like... I don't know. You were tired. You were doing a lot of things. I just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. I appreciate the love. That's what family's for. So since we haven't said anything yet, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. (laughs) Where we show you what's behind the collar. So uh, I brought a beverage today. You did? Yes. Um, uh, How many of you have ever had Evian water? That wasn't part of the... The tasting for waters, was it? I don't think it was. I'm actually partial to the uh, Fuji brand water. I think it was... Uh, oh, you like the Fuji? Well, this is actually from uh, France. Ooh. So. Pretty classy. So, wow. uh, uh, Grace, you're here. Want to pour everyone some water? <laughs> and, you know, and actually I have something... <laughs> well, uh, I well, to make a statement about gender roles, but... Well, Grace pours that. I actually <laughs> brought something myself here. I'm live in the studio today. Uh, this is one of the times I can make it, and I think this is probably going to be the last recording I make to before Christmas. So I actually brought a Christmas gift for my favorite person on the Clerical Errors podcast. I brought a gift for uh, Pastor Berg here. Oh boy! Um, you know the others don't necessarily deserve gifts, but uh, Pastor Berg really, you know, goes above and beyond for the podcast. He even writes stuff down ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> So here is my gift to you. Oh. Thank you. Uh, a series of self-inking. It's called Excel Mark. A series of self-inking stamps featuring a feature a clear bottom for precise impression placement and a reversible pad, which doubles the number of impressions as well as extends the life of the pad itself. Interesting. So there's a special logo on there that you can go ahead and open it up. I think you'll appreciate Ah, it says heretical nonsense for research purposes only. (laughs) So the goal here is, is you can find all your heretical books you have in your library and you can stamp them with this stamp. So everybody that comes across it knows you don't really believe this. It's just for research purposes. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate it. (laughs) That's a great gift. (laughs) That's awesome. So uh, take a sip of your water. Tell me what you think. Evian. Does it taste like French mountain streams? I feel like I want to surrender. <laughs> hey, jer- jer- turn around. Let me see your back. I want to drink this properly. Because <laughs> it's French, you know? Right. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, let me try, try mine. Wow. That's good. I'm sure it is. <laughs> You're right, Grace? You're fine. Grace tried it. I'm going to try some as well. 
Mm. Smooth. That water is so good. Oh, man. <laughs> that French is really coming out. <laughs> really, really you know, taste there was, the There French. was a video game once called Armed and Dangerous, and uh, it was it was crazy. It was done by LucasArts. But there's this, there's one of the old, one of the characters in the show, he can hypnotize people. And so he hypnotizes these two guards that they're trying to get by, and he hypnotizes them to be French. And then they throw up their arms and they're like, we surrender. And they run away. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Berg, what are you preaching on? Well, this Sunday is the third Sunday in Advent. And it is known by the name Gaudete, which means rejoice or y'all rejoice. Right. And, and the, the titles actually come from basically the first word of the introit of the day. Right. So um, if you're ever wondering about that, and the introit is a, uh, a series of psalm verses, um, which actually led to the... It, it was originally the, the beginning of the service. Like what we know in Lutheranism with confession and absolution, that wasn't actually the beginning of the service. Most churches didn't have confession and absolution in a public setting. Um, and so when did church start? It started when the pastor uh, started going towards the front and they would chant the psalms. They would chant the intro. So uh, the gospel lesson is probably one of the more, I would say, intriguing lessons because everybody wants to know. Vicar, do you got the, the gospel reading in front of you? Perchance? Yeah, I'll pull it up. Matthew 11, I believe. And uh, in this passage, everyone wants to know, the big speculation is, was John really questioning Jesus or was he doing questioning Jesus for his, the sake of his disciples? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what question are we talking about? Yeah, so it comes up in the second verse of, of the reading. Uh, and I'll just read the first two verses um, and then we can maybe summarize the rest. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And the context to this book is John is in prison. Right. That that actually inspires a lot of rejoicing. <laughs> Isn't that great, right? <laughs> a Sunday that's entitled Rejoicing, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's just in prison. <laughs> and and so so uh, people wonder, was, was John the Baptist sincere about this? Do you have an opinion? I mean, I don't know. I I think I go back and forth on it, but you know, I I think for the sake of his disciples, he sends them, mm -hmm. and then Jesus sends them back to John because he is he is their teacher, right? Mm -hmm. John shows a lot of respect for the office of, or Jesus shows a lot of respect for the office of John because mm -hmm. he is the one who is greater than a prophet, and or uh, the greatest uh, of men born among women, and that's the thing is that um, John's personality was so powerful that even without doing any miracles, people thought that he was the Messiah. And in fact, there's still a group of Gnostics. Who, in in, uh, in Ethiopia? Uh, Iraq, Iraq. modern-day Iraq. They're called the Mandeans, and actually a lot of them have had to flee because of uh, the the invasion and, you know, our— uh, The you know, Islamic State? The Islamic—well, actually, when the Americans came in and then— you know, this back and forth, this all this turmoil is actually forcing them to, like, emigrate to the United States or other places. Um, but, yeah, they believe that John the Baptist is actually the Messiah and that Jesus is actually an antichrist or um, a dark force, so to speak. So, and, and so when, you, when you really look at it, um, 
no one really understands Jesus like John John does from the very beginning. Right. Even we leaping in the womb when uh, Mary with child visited Elizabeth with child. Mm-hmm. You know, John leaped and leapt in the womb, and so so he really one he was a relative of Jesus. Right. Number two is he was a, a prophet who really understood why Jesus came. He's the one that pointed to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, that's why I have such a hard time, you know, really entertaining the notion that jo- that John doubted who Jesus was, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the real question, right? This mm-hmm. is about the person of Christ. And then Christ says, well, go and tell John what you see in here. And then he talks about his work. Right. What, what works were those, Vicar? Yeah, so uh, the first is the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And, and that's something that was immediately happening. Right. In the parallel text in Luke, uh, we see that that very hour, Jesus is doing all these things. And so these disciples are literally seeing Jesus perform these miracles that were foretold by the prophet Isaiah. And I think, what is it, Isaiah chapter 11? Uh, Vicar is loading, so but we'll just keep going. We'll keep going. Right? And, 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 and what's beautiful about that is if with, with Jesus, what carries more weight, the actual signs themselves or the fact that it was fulfilling what the prophet said? So in a, in a way, Jesus is pointing to the word of God for the answer. Right. And that... All of these miracles are simply confirmations of who he really is. And so, so this is a reminder to 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 Christians that uh, when it doesn't seem as though Christ is the one by various life circumstances, and it seems like it's really easy for people to say, "Well, evil is winning." This is a chance to say, "Well, no, what does that Jesus actually do?" Now, you might not see in your own lifetime the fulfillment of it, and. Uh, and uh, I think it's kind of poetic that John dies before he sees Jesus actually fulfilling any of those things. It's it wouldn't be right if if John saw it because right. he's kind of the last of the Old Testament prophets, and so and so he doesn't see the fulfillment in his own lifetime. Even he dies too soon, but that's because he was pointing to Christ. And then it reminds us that the real hope, the real fulfillment, is is in the resurrection on the last day. Mm-hmm. That's when John's joy is complete. And so in our own lifetime, we may not see the fulfillment of any of these things. And, and we might have a, a tough struggle with, with sin, with temptation, with doubt, and all those things. But if we remember and hold on to the promises of Christ, well then, then uh, and the, what, what he promises in his word, well then you know that God still keeps his promises. Right. And that goes with that statement in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 11. And blessed is the one who is not offended or scandalized by me, right? Because a lot of people are scandalized by Jesus, not only in who he says he is, but also in what he does, um, because he doesn't work the way that we want him to work. And, and that's also to the listener. This is a this is really a good les- lesson about uh, what are your expectations of a pastor, right? Because well, we want a pastor with this kind of personality. We want a pastor with this skill set. We want him to, to uh, dress a certain way, look a certain way. When you look at John the Baptist, he's not someone that a congregation would really want for their pastor. Right. Well, and Jesus was even, well, and act, honestly, they wanted John, right? Which is the funny thing is that they want John. They don't want Jesus. 
right? Mm-hmm. They don't want Jesus, right? They wanted someone like John who dressed really funny and uh, was on a very, very meager diet. And and he got, I mean, people came to him. All mm-hmm. It says that all of Judea and the surrounding regions came to him to be baptized. And he didn't come eating or drinking. Um, he didn't drink wine. He didn't eat meat, right? Mm-hmm. And then here comes this Jesus who comes eating meat and he drinks wine and he hangs out with the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. right? He is not. And so they do. They actually prefer the forerunner because, to because, the real deal. Because John is such a picture of an Old Testament prophet. Right. They expect when Christ comes as a prophet that he would act in a sense the way John the Baptist all actually acts. Right. And, you know, at, uh, to dovetail off of what you, of what you said before, right, um, there are pastors who you really, uh, who really resonate with you for whatever reason. It might be their personalities or their uh, depth of knowledge or um, their zealous work habits, right? Right. Um, and then the next guy comes and he might not be like that. And that's okay. Yeah. Because he's different. And he's, he still gives you the word. Right. And so it, you have to have reasonable expectations. And what is that reasonable expectation? That he's faithful. Faithful, apt to teach. Right. That, he is, that he is faithful uh, in preaching, in laboring in the word and doctrine, even if he's maybe not that smart, maybe if he's not that eloquent, maybe he, uh, you know, isn't a farm boy. Maybe he isn't uh, what you were looking for. But nevertheless, he's the one God has given you. And, and, that's, uh, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, you know, that's one thing. Because that, God never shortchanges you. That's one thing I've noticed over the years now that we have Vicar 16.0 is is every vicar resonates with different people. Right. Every vicar has certain people that uh, really kind of take a lot from what he, what he brings to the table. And it, and every vicar is someone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just this goes to show that... Uh, you know, sometimes you might connect more with other people just because of personalities, but it's the word. It's the word of God. He's giving you the law and the gospel, leading you to repent, repentance. He's giving you the body and blood of Jesus. He's absolving your sins. And uh, we might get caught up in the form, but really, really, that's secondary. And and that's what they, you know, they they love John because you can you cannot love someone, you know, your pastor for the right reasons. You might also love your pastor for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, you might actually, um, they put John on too high of a pedestal. What does Jesus say? Yeah, he's the greatest man born of woman. Mm-hmm. But even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. Right, he's still right? a sinner. He's he's still a sinner, and he's still a servant. Mm-hmm. He is a servant sent by God. All right. All right, so. How, uh, how are you doing over there? I'm good. You have anything to add, Grace? Not really. Okay. It's all pretty eloquently said. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, because uh, she is an English major, sometimes I think she's silently judging my grammar. I'm not. I'm really okay. not. <laughs> hey, we haven't. Do you know what we haven't done for a while? What's that? What's Vicar thinking about? What's Vicar. You know, in the moment, I was thinking about my son's uh, toucan toy. Okay. And what Christmas carol I could learn on it tonight. Vicar. Okay. So it actually records? No, it's got like four keyboard, like four notes. Mm-hmm. 
um, four keys and then like the sharps and flats on a piano, it has three of those. Okay. So I have seven total notes to work with. Okay. And I have like five songs down right now. I mean, so you don't even have a full scale. Right. Wow. By the way, that, I've never been so proud of you because your mind was wandering like mine does. <laughs> You're thinking of a colored bird that plays notes. That's right. A one-eyed bird. <laughs> You've done well, young Catawan. <laughs> you are You are learning. And I guess that brings us to our top 12 list. And before we do, Uh-oh. I want to thank Peter. I want to thank you for last week's episode. Oh. That was amazing. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was amazing. It was the twi- the uh, um, X-Files one. I, I That one made me laugh <laughs> a lot, actually. I liked I liked where you, you, you mentioned in the middle of it, yeah, blowing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – it was just what I needed. And uh, and we you know do you hear any responses from anybody about that? I I haven't yet. So so what did you guys think of it? No, we won't do that every time, okay? But well, yeah. if they want to tell us what they think of it, where can they reach us? Well, I'll tell you what they can email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org. You can uh, we have a Twitter at me bro clerical errors p p for podcast. And we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash clerical errors podcast. All right. Uh, so with the last top 12, uh, when Pastor said, I shouldn't listen to this in the car, guess what he did when he was picking me up from college? I've actually listened to it with you, didn't I? He did. But it was it was about the third or f- fourth time I've listened to it. So That's true. <laughs> it was the first time apparently he had tears right. falling down his face. I did. This is what we call self-care. Right. 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 I can't believe. <laughs> when, I went, when I drove from one church to the other, they were probably wondering why why I'd been crying in my rental truck. <laughs> oh, boy. Four times you've listened to that? Yeah, probably. It's it's in, it's one of my greatest hits now. It would Think about it, Peter. Self-care. Self-care makes me happy. That was the whole point. And, and nothing, no one can make me laugh like my own kids. And that's what you did. So, <laughs> how's the water, Fresh Grace? Water. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> catch your breath, Grace. All right. So, that brings us to our te- top 12 list. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's top 12. All right. So, uh, my top 12 list is what I did is I, I ranked the numbers uh, 13 through 24. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. <laughs> not doing that again. <laughs> Maybe figured, for like our 50th episode or something. That's, I think That's coming up soon though. So I got another like half year to forget about my misery. It's fine. <laughs> I, I thought about maybe like for our year anniversary, a couple of things. And we're just talking this out loud. This is a great way to talk about the future of our show, right? Right. It's on the podcast, but I'm doing it. Indeed. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe trying some new bits, and then, but we can do that like after a year, and we can have the new bits be in season two of the Clerical Airs podcast. Well, I, I always think of the seasons. I think we should start the seasons with the new vicar, right? We upgrade the vicar, and we get a new season. So, really, we're in season two. Season one was like the pilot. We had like okay, you know, like a half year. And now we're in season two. Okay. But we even had a clip show with like Vickers famous. Right. Right. And like, the other, the other thing I, I have an idea for our, our, when we do our first anniversary, which will be coming up in a few months, it's time to start thinking about it. Right. Right. Good deal. 
is uh is maybe like having an award show for our top moments. Nice. The, the, the talks and tasties awards. <laughs> I like it. All right. So so listeners, I, I like that idea too. Listeners, uh keep in mind from now on and if you want to go back and listen to our old episodes and find your favorite moments. Emails your favorite moments and we'll will we'll be a part of our award show. Right. right. Keep them in mind. You know, email me if you want. Uh, as we get closer, maybe like in the in the end of January, we'll uh, we'll ask you formally for that. But start thinking about it. Start you, you can start. You can email us now if you have favorite moments that you want included. But but we'll, we will have those awards. Sure. Search. Uh, email us at favorite moments at clericalheirs.org. We'll filter that out. All right. So I was talking about the top twelve list, right? Right. So I figured I should probably do something with a little more substance. You do you, man. <laughs> I don't want people thinking I'm just a monkey, a jokester. I got some substance. Now of, of course you have substance. So my, my top 12 list is, it is a season of Advent, right? Right. It's a top 12 uh, reasons or reasons why uh, Advent is cool. Nice. So, Grace, you're looking at, at me judgmentally. I'm just waiting seeing what's gonna happen it's my like first time being present so i'm ready to try to make a comment later okay just just keep just like flame him constantly i'm sure that'll work out <laughs> all right so that brings us to number 12 number 12 advent gives us a chance for the old testament prophets to really rock it yeah no doubt amen there, there's no no season that really uh um that really allows us to to hear the prophets quite like like Advent, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I actually wrote um, a uh, a closet play. It's a 17th century thing where it, they were parts that were supposed to be read out loud by a group of people, and I entitled it the prophetic uh, procession. And it goes through all of the. Um, I'm about halfway through the messianic pro- prophecies, which tell about the coming of Christ. And uh, it all rhymes. It's pretty rad. You are so. a fountain of creativity. You know that. I do what I can. You know that's a. What, where your create your creativity is very thoughtful. Mine's more spur of the moment. <laughs> right. We've. You know. That's good. That's why we work. All right. Hey Grace, the in, in the English major. Uh, have you written any poems lately? No. No, <laughs> I have not. There you go, Berg. I wrote one last Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what you do when you, when you can't really focus on something else or you, yeah, you, you pretty write. much. I think you're getting shown up there, Grace. I wrote a short story recently. That's fun. He writes sermons every week. You know that? Yeah, I do know that. <laughs> hey, do you know why I wanted to become an editor? Why? Well, to make a long story short. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which is funny because really to, to make a long story short is is like one of the laziest <laughs> things to do. It's like uh, I don't know how to. I don't. I'm too lazy to write it out. So to make a long story short, you, you ever talk to one of those people that say to make a long story short and then they don't? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if it seems like the the the, the Bullhagen clan has taken over the show. We That's outnumber good. you, so number eleven. Some of the hymns are off the chain. I'm I'm thinking that means a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. 
So that's that's right in your wheelhouse. What are your some of your favorite Advent hymns, Berg? Uh, I actually like, and one of my favorites is "Hark a Thrilling Voice is Sounding," but with the LW, the Lutheran worship um, tune. Interesting. Because I don't like because it's like really peppy and LSB. It's like da 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 da. Right. Da, da, oh, I'm trying to know. remember the the. And from LW, it's. Hark a thrilling voice is sounding. Christ is near, we hear it say. Cast away the works of darkness, all ye children of the day. Right? It's, um, I think it has a little more gravity to it. Yeah. You know? Um, there's also, um, and some Let, of the some of know, the Advent hymns are old too. Very, yeah. Like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. When was that written? They are actually the antiphons for the Sundays leading or the days leading up to Christmas. That's why, like in our LSB, our Lutheran service book, they actually have um, days: uh, December seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth, because they were actually used in the liturgy. And then some guy rediscovered it in I think the seventeen or eighteen hundreds mm-hmm. and put them to music, which is amazing. Right? Yeah. Um, you've got, uh, let the earth now praise the Lord, which is great. What the fathers most desired, what the prophets heart inspired, what they longed for many a year. Now, uh, oh, how does it end? Now we behold in glory here, I think it is. So. And then there's the the Paul Gerhart one. Um, oh, Lord, how shall I meet you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, uh, lift up your heads. Right? right? Lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. Behold the king of yeah, glory. Yeah, and, and sometimes I wish Advent was longer because people think, why don't we sing more Christmas songs in Advent? A- actually, I- it used to be. It used to start on November 11th. Really? Yeah, it was hmm. called St. Martin's Lent. Okay. And that's why the original colors for Advent were violet, mm-hmm. right? Because it's really not all that different from Lent in a lot of ways. They right. were both... I actually mentioned that a little later in my top twelve oh, list. Getting ahead of myself. Right, but but the hymns are great, and and you know you only got a short time. I guess we could sing those more because they they do fit in other times of the of the church year, the hymns. But uh, we only got a short time to really hit these hymns home, so we like to sing them. Right, number ten. It teaches a beautiful piety from wonderful examples of faith. Whether it's a faith, the faith of the prophets, like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. or the faith of Mary, or the lesson that Zechariah learns right. of faith about trusting God and believing Him, and uh, and and uh, and particularly Mary, the example of a lonely handmaiden, and how God lifts us up, and the the whole Magnificat, and the 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 the, the, the you know Mary and Elizabeth. Uh, meeting and all those things. It just brings up uh, a humbleness, uh, a humble trust, and God doing great things through his humble servants. And right. that's a beautiful thing to think about. You know what's great about that with Mary and the Annunciation when the angel comes to her? We get to celebrate that again, and it's usually during Lent right? on, on, March, on March 25th. 25th. And what was it, last year or two years ago, it actually fell on Good Friday? Right. Which was amazing, right? Because right. that's the whole point. Now... Now, it's a simple math reason why it's on March 25th. Right. Anybody know? Christmas. Christmas is on the December 25th and nine months before. 
March 25th. Grace is blushing and nodding her head. Number nine. Because John the Baptist is the coolest. John the Baptist is the coolest. He is. I kind of envision you as a modern day John the Baptist. You are giving me far too much credit. (laughs) Because the only thing that really cares for him is Christ and the word and preparing people for that. He, he, uh, He doesn't care who you are, does he? No. And he's such a great preacher of the gospel, and I think that gets forgotten. Right. You know, they they turn him into such a, a stern law preacher, and he was. I mean, he preached the law very, very, very sternly. But, I mean, if you look at the Benedictus, where Zechariah sings that's, that song, you know, which we have in our hymnal, and it's found in Luke uh, chapter 1, at the end of Luke chapter 1, you know, and you, my child, will become the prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord to prepare his way. Right, and you are going to um, teach teach the people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. I mean, isn't that the best thing ever? Right? Yeah, isn't that the best job? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and and uh, it, he doesn't care about what he wears. He doesn't care about even what he eats. He right. doesn't care. He spends where he his lives. whole life preparing for this. Right. Right. He doesn't come out of the desert, out of the wilderness, until it's time to start preaching. And then immediately when Jesus comes, he's like, he's got to increase. I got to decrease. Right. You know, it's, he is a portrait of what an evangelical preacher should look like. So, so you said Pastor Berg reminds you he's, a, he's the modern day John the Baptist. Are you saying that he, uh, he doesn't dress very well? <laughs> he's got a strange diet. That's true. Well, well lives in the woods. <laughs> well, I am wearing a pretty awesome shirt tonight. You are. I hadn't mentioned it yet, but that is a pretty cool shirt. So it is a, <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's hard to explain, but. A Star Trek Pokemon shirt. Right. But what made me think of you as being the modern day John the Baptist was. Uh, it's the beard, isn't it? Well, it's the beard and and uh, it doesn't seem like John the Baptist is very sentimental. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, he's not. I, I could see John the Baptist saying, that warms the, the, the place where my heart should be. Yes. <laughs> Number seven. Anticipation. Right. It, it gives us a chance to anticipate something that will happen. People hate this, though. Right. You know, they all want it. They want Christmas right now. But they even know, right? You have to fast, like, before Thanksgiving so you can right. enjoy it even more, right? Like, I have a question. You know, they have all these Black Friday sales, right? Right. And people buy, like, a bunch of TVs. Mm. How often when people buy TVs on Black Friday, do they wait to Christmas to open up that bad boy? <laughs> I don't think too many of them. <laughs> they might, if they're presents, but... I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. It is an awesome way to teach and introduce children to the church here. Yeah. I think that's one of the easiest ways because you have it's more visual, right? Right. You got the candles. Yep, the candles, the colors change. The colors change. Stuff that they're used to singing falls out. Mhm. You know? And and you have uh you have uh you know a visualization from week to week with the candles. Right. Um sometimes uh the use of an advent calendar. <sighs> The, the idea of the beginning being with Jesus' birth and preparing for, for Christ's coming. I think if you're going to start teaching the church year uh, to little ones 
Advent is a beautiful, beautiful time to really hone in on that and start to do that. Right. Start at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, candles really, like, going around the wreath is something that I think is really, like, um, notable and, like, really easy for um, people to keep track of, even children. Because I remember, like, that was one of my favorite parts is just more more candles that we got to do. Um, But there's also, like, the Christmas pageant that goes on every year, depending on, like, what you do. I remember being a sheep as a small child. You ever you ever get sad a little bit if there's only three weeks of three Sundays before Christmas and you don't actually get to light that last candle? Yeah, didn't that happen last year? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Christmas Eve fell on uh, Rate Chaley. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Wow, we're learning. Number five. It helps us to prepare for the hearing of God's law and gospel. And, and what I meant by prepare for hearing is this, is uh, going back to John the Baptist, make straight the, the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of obstacles we have for hearing the word of God. Um, and uh, what might some of those obstacles be, do you think? Uh, Pro- you know, pride. Pride is a big one. Um, money, possessions, um, sometimes even family stuff. This time of year, um, sometimes I think one of the biggest idols is actually family. That mm-hmm. can that can get in the way of it, um, you know. Our own abilities, our jobs, you know, all of these things. Yeah, and 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 uh, part of with John the Baptist is is to to, to cut all those things away because John didn't care. Right. He cut to the heart. And, he cut and, through all that. And, and even and, the most religious people, um, he beat down their self righteousness. Right. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that he goes after the hardest. And, and so it, it's a way of. of listening and hearing God's word in a way that uh, where there is an emphasis to cut through all that stuff, cut through all the cares that you have, cut through all the obstacles you have from hearing God's law. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so that you can hear afresh the good news of Christ coming to the world. Well, like there was a new bank that went up on Main Street, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and what did they have to do first? They had to clear everything out, right? Mm-hmm. So that way they could build a new building. Same thing with us, right? You yeah, gotta, you got to clear out the rubble first. And and and, and uh, well, how does that prepare for Christ? Well, that's what John was doing in order to prepare for Christ, right? So, all right, hey, Vicar, what do you think about the list so far? Great, looking forward to top four. All right, let's do it. Number four, it gives us an opportunity to wrestle Christmas back in the hearts and minds of God's people. Amen. Because because uh, I think. There you have the holiday, but then you have the observance, right? You know, it really, in in the lives of most people, it's a secular holiday at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does the Grinch have to do with any of those things? What does Santa Claus have to do with most of those things? Right. In fact, Santa Claus is like the worst. <laughs> he really is. I mean, he's this big fat guy who dresses really nice, right? The man in soft clothes from our text, right? Right. Um, he's obvious he eats milk and cookies and he's got a red nose. So obviously he's drinking harder stuff too. Right. <laughs> and not only not that, like us, but we're, we're drinking Ev- Evian water. It's true. And, uh, um, not only that, but he's a judgmental jerk, right? Yeah. It, he, he, he see, w- w- how does your favorite him go? He knows when you're uh, sleeping. He knows when you're <laughs> awake. He knows if you've been bad right? or good. <clears throat> so be good for goodness sake. So 
I mean, what a way to, in, yeah. you know, really bring up, you know, self-righteousness and fear, right? He, he wears a fake beard and watches children. You, know? you better watch <laughs> he, out. He breaks into your house. <laughs> you better right? watch out. You better 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 watch out. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out. 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 <laughs> I'm so proud. I never believed in Santa Claus. <laughs> so, well, and you look at like the real forerunner, right? John, mm-hmm. he's in prison. So he do- doesn't live in some plantation, some Arctic plantation in the North Pole, you mm-hmm. know, where you got all these, you know, aborigine, you know, mutants making toys for you. Right. right? It's, and it's kind of demeaning to smaller people. Right. Exactly. Who, who's that one guy you really like that, uh, He's like the anti Santa Claus. He he like does oh, mean things. Krampus. <laughs> I love Krampus. <laughs> Explain Krampus. Okay, so in um, like Austria and uh, the southern German um, countries, you even have this in northern Germany. Um, his name is Knecht Ruprecht, or in um, Poland, he is called Black Peter. And what he follows around, he's Santa Claus's dark companion. And where Santa Claus gives uh, good gifts to the good children, mm-hmm. right? Krampus will take a, a, a switch out and beat the bad children. <laughs> or he'll throw them in a sack and then throw them in the river. Wow. And so actually Germans have this custom of sending out Krampus cards during this time of year. <laughs> and there's actually what's called a Krampuslauf, a Krampus run in Munich on December 5th. Because December 6th is uh, St. Nicholas Day. Mm-hmm. And so it's this big, kind of scary party if you look at any of the pictures. So, um, yeah. That sounds like right up your alley. So it, it's interesting, right? <laughs> but anyway, I mean, so you take that Christmas, the secular Christmas that we have with Santa Claus, who's the worst, right? And then you have true Christmas with rejoicing with John the Baptist and with Jesus. And, you know, they're not much to look at. They're not in very good places. But what does Jesus do? He gives gifts to people who don't deserve it, mm-hmm. right? He gives sight to the blind. He ge- he raises the dead. He heals the sick. And he gives the gospel to poor children, right? right? I mean, and, and he, that's he, the thing with Santa Claus, right? Because guess what? If your family's poor, <laughs> honestly, right? right? And, and also the whole concept of Santa Claus, he, he teaches you to love for the sake of getting things rather right. than Christ teaching us to love because other people need need our love. And so that's the thing. It fosters this self-love. It fosters works righteousness. Why would we want to, why would we want any part of that? And, and, and also, you know, I remember thinking this way and I don't know if my, my children, they could say this too, but if, if you like really focus in on this thing about Santa Claus, I think when children find out they kind of feel betrayed. Right. Because and, and what, like, else are what, else, what else are you lying about? What, what about, does that mean, I think it can create doubt about actually what happened when Christ was born. Is that another one of these myths? Right. These fairy tales. That, that you're teaching us, you know? Well, and I would agree and disagree because at a certain point, like pretty early on in, in, in childhood, and I'm not saying this from experience, I'm saying this from talking to other people, you, you kind of get the, the feeling that Santa's not real. It's not, you know, 100%, but if somebody just walks up to you and goes, Santa's not real, it's not like, ha, whatever, you're lying to me. It's, 
Oh, yeah, you're right. He's not. Totally, he's not real. That's right. I got to tell a Peter Kindergarten story. Yeah, go ahead. I knew you were going to go. <laughs> so, so from 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 the time Peter was little, Santa Claus did not make sense to him anyways. It, I don't remember. And and so so in kindergarten, around Christmas time, he said, you know, don't don't go spoiling this for other children, whatever. And he said, and so he comes back from school and we said, did you, did you uh, tell about Santa not being real to anybody? He goes, no. And then he goes, wait, only one person. Well, why? Because she really believed in Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> because she really did. <laughs> but like, if you, if you really, if you really believe in Santa Claus, you're just going to break down crying if somebody tells you, oh, they're not real. I, I mean, you know, I've seen I've seen it where actually it's it's kind of traumatic for some people. Really? Yeah. Um you know, especially for little kids. Um so that's why I I don't know. I I'm not 100% in yeah. I don't know. I think telling about Saint Nicholas is way better. Since that was an actual dude. Right. Who was a pastor in what's now Turkey, right? Mm-hmm. And his story is that he gave stuff away, right? He gave stuff away to help people. He was a good Christian pastor. And I think that's a much better example to set during this time of year. Right. And to refocus. He gave to those in need. Right. You know, that almsgiving during this time of year should actually be our focus, right? Mm-hmm. And one way that I guess families at home could do this is set out a box and um, maybe each of the kids has to put two or three of the toys that they no longer play with in the box, right? Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, go give it to the, you know. Yeah, just a place know. I could use it. Right. Number three. It teaches repentance uh, from a different angle than Lent. Mm-hmm. In the sense that of this is, uh, is there, because of the anticipation, there is a, in a sense, a joy to the repentance Repent for the kingdom of God is near, right? You repent because Christ comes and he has someone to hear your repentance. It is a, it is, you repent because there's someone who is coming who can do something about it. It's, it's kind of like if you're sick, oh, guess what? There's a doctor right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to me, which is a little different, I think, than, than Lent, or Ash Wednesday, it has some of that, but it's a little darker. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. With the seasons, like I almost think like it, it's going the opposite way for me because, like with Lent, the days are getting longer. You know, spring is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that at the end of it, you're going to have the cross and the empty tomb, mm-hmm. right? With Advent, the days get shorter and it gets darker and it gets colder, and yet despite this, we keep lighting more candles. Right. Right. And we talk even more about light, right? Mm -hmm. Even though the light is going away and now we're in some of the darkest and shortest times of the year. Mm -hmm. And yet what do we we know that the light of the world is coming? Right. You know? So I think even from like a seasonal perspective, it's kind of an interesting. Yeah. You know, because, because I think purists would say, and I've heard this, you know, that Lent is really a penitential season, but Advent really isn't. Have you heard that before? I have. I don't believe it. Right. I. I think. I think uh, that's all from the '60s. Right. But. But I. But my point is. Is. Is this. Is it does preach. I mean, how can you talk about John the Baptist without 
talking about repentance. Right. Or the last day. Right. Or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. But but to me, it is, it is to me in my own mind, that there is, a, it's a kind of a joyful, you know where he's found. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ comes to you. And so, so there's an urgency and a peace and a joy about having a place that you can repent and hear and be heard and be forgiven. Honestly, I think that one song that you guys sing, the hymn, the hymn, uh, The Night Shall Soon Be Ending, mm-hmm. it's really quite a <laughs> it's dark. Heart, heart-rending song, right. which I think is actually perfect for Advent. Kepler wrote it. Right. And uh, he's got a really interesting story, the fact that he was uh, he was uh, a writer, a hymn writer, a poet in the time of World War II. And uh, he actually marries a, a woman who was Jewish and converted and was baptized into the Christian faith, along with her daughter, I believe. Did you know that? Yeah. And uh, I think you did... Uh... Advent right. uh, sermon series on right. this, right? That's why I know this like you would know every other hymn. <laughs> 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 oh, so anyways. So uh, because of the persecution, he... He uh, actually winds up, he, he has no way of getting his wife and his daughter out. And uh, it's kind of a sad story, but they wind up killing themselves. Right. So so happy that, Advent. Yeah, bring, that, bring, bring, here's my, my joy point. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. It reminds us that God keeps his promises. Yes. And I think that's what, going back to number 12 about the prophets. All the promises that God makes come true. Might be a long time coming, but it's true. God does not forget his promises. So, and that brings us to number one. And number one. Jesus comes to us. Yes. That's the reason why it's awesome. We get to focus on that. Jesus and, advents you, right? That's right. And <laughs> and uh, three ways that I think you, you, you focus on, right? Yep. Which are? That Jesus comes to us uh, the first time in the manger, and the second time he comes to us through his word and through his sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And then he will come again on uh, the last day, his second coming, to judge both the living and the dead. So... All right. Is there anything I missed in my top 12 list? Uh, if you did, I I, I don't know. So, How about you, Vicar? Anything you'd like to add? No, but if our listeners do, they know where to reach us. Right. So. At me, bro. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so this brings us to our attention deficit Bible study. Peter, play the intro. <laughs> do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the impaired concentration Bible study. One verse, one verse only. All right, let's spin the wheel. All right. Uh, Don't do Proverbs again. (laughs) It's not Proverbs, it's Psalm this time. Oh, nice. We got Psalm 44, verse 3. Psalm 44, verse 3. Vicar, do you got that? Yeah, you better believe it. For not by their own sword did they win the land nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. All right. What do you think, Berg? All right. So this is obviously uh, a hymn about the conquest. When Joshua, who was the assistant of Moses after Moses died, 
took over leadership of Israel and then brought them into the promised land. And it says that they succeeded in this, not because of their own sword, right? Not because of their own strength or their own efforts, right? But it was God's right hand. It was God's arm, right? It doesn't mean that God actually had an arm, right. but it's talking about his strength, right? And the light of thy countenance, right? That God uh, shown, when it means that they have his countenance, mm-hmm. it means that they had his favor, right? Mm-hmm. And we see this, right? That the Israelites defeat giants. They defeat the Anakim. They burn cities. Uh, Jericho falls down mm-hmm. uh, ar- around the, the ears of, of these pagan people because God wants it to be so. And when the one sin happens, right, when Achan steals, right, that mm-hmm. is when they get beat. They get beat terribly by, by some, you know, Bush League team, right. uh, the city of Ai, right? And so we see that the Israelites succeed not by strength of their own bodies or their own arms or for their own military prowess, but they succeed because of the mercy of God. Because once, as you said before, God has made a promise, right? right? He made a promise not only to send a Messiah, but also to give them this land. And he does. And he fulfills every single one of those promises. And, and, and so it, it's, a, it's a gracious reminder that he is the one that defeats our enemies. He is the one that overpowers them. Christ Jesus is the one who overcomes the devil in the wilderness. He is the one who overcomes death. It's not us. It's not by our own sword, our own power, and, and all those things. It is, is by, by God's power. And, and this psalm particularly speaks in, uh, in, in the idea of war and God giving them the, the land of Israel. But, but it really applies to, to all things, that we do not trust in the, our own works, our own power, our own possessions, but, but in what God does. See, and people hate history today, and it's too bad because when God makes a promise, that necessarily means that a promise is made in the in the past, mm-hmm. right? And we can look back to the past and see how God has fulfilled all of his promises, right? So then we can look confidently to the future that God will continue to do this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't change. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good way to end this show. So, uh, um, uh, Grace, what'd you think of your first live recording of Clerical Errors and here in the, uh, spacious Talks and Tasting studio? It is so spacious. I am so thrilled to be here. It's been a dream of mine since I was so small and I am so like blessed to. <laughs> it was really nice of Vicar this time to, uh, we finally got him a chair. He let you have it today. It was really nice of him. Yeah, it was really nice of him. It's like stretching my legs out. It's it's a really nice chair. I mean, he's just been over here doing jumping jacks. He's got plenty of room to do it. So, <laughs> what is going on? Cartwheels, even. <laughs> Peter, you're the one that so told us to speed things along, aren't you? <laughs> ah, we're we're, I'm, we're finishing it up. We got it. We got to close it out strong, you know. All right, Vicar, you've been quiet. You do a couple of burpees there, Vicar. I'm Bullhagen, and I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. May your fourth Advent candle be lit. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. 
Thanks for listening to Claire Claire's. See you next time.